Um, this morning, uh, we're going to just talk about this thing called faith. We've been on this founda- foundations of faith, and Rick kind of started a series for us, and, and then we get to keep going with it, <laughs> so, which is good. I don't, I don't ever mind doing that, but, um, but I wanted to kind of go back just a second, because there was a message. I don't think I got to speak in the second service. I think I spoke in the first, um, but and it, right at the end, I tagged on just a little bit about this whole thing of this work of faith, because we're going to be talking about applying diligence in our faith. That's it from that Second Peter one four passage, and we'll get to that in just a second. But kind of wanted just to uh, recap a couple of things. The reality is that faith is hard work. I don't I don't know if you guys realize that. Maybe you do. <laughs> faith is hard work. Like. Um, you know, you, you t- talk about this First Thessalonians, you know, we give thanks to God always for you, men- making mention of you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind your work of faith, your labor of love, your steadfastness of, uh, of hope. I mean, I don't know about you, but work, labor, and steadfastness all have a little bit of effort to them, right? I mean, like, th- those aren't words that are devoid of effort. And I think sometimes we as the Christian church has been kind of duped into believing that we get saved and then we'll just live. You know, we just kind of keep living as we live and then we'll be okay. But the reality is, is that, you know, this doesn't work always like that because it's a work of faith. It's a labor of love and it's a steadfastness of hope. Steadfastness of hope. And so there's that, there's that place that, that God wants to bring us to in that. Even this Second Thessalonians 1. 11, to this end, we pray for you always that our God will count you worthy of your calling and fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power. So he just, he, Paul alludes to this fact that faith is work, and, and it's, it's work to do this. But the problem is, is that we're in this dilemma. It's like, how can I walk out this work of faith without working? I mean, you ever thought about that? How do you work without working? Because some, there's sometimes in the Word, it seems like there's a, like a, contradiction of sort but you know there's always crazy gold nuggets in the midst of them because you have this like Romans 4 passage it says now to the one who works his wage is not credited as a favor but what is due I mean if you work you know if you do your work you get paid right I hope you get paid yeah we want to get paid right but the problem is the next one it says but to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Anybody want that part? I, do. I, want the, I want the faith credited to me as righteousness. I don't want what's due me. I want what's credited as righteousness, credited to me. And so that's a problem. It's like, okay, so wait a minute, Mitch, you just said this work of faith is work. What well, is it? But then we look at this other passage in James. Even so, faith, if it has no works, is what? Wait a second now. It just told me not to work, but now it's saying if if I have no works, my faith is dead. But someone may say, you you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So there's a place, there's there's something going on here. So then what is the work of God? Because this place of faith, it seems like there's work, but I'm not supposed to work. Because if I'm supposed to work... Then I get what is due. So, what is work? What is the work of God? What is this work of faith? Because that's very important. Because I think a lot of, like I said, a lot of the Christian church, you get in the, you get saved, and then you're put immediately into service, and that's what you believe, which is good. I'm all about serving. I like that. I'm like that's probably one of my bigger giftings is, is serving. But the reality is, is that the reality is that I, if I get in that motive, it's just about me doing, me doing and me doing to gain some type of favor of faith, then I'm in trouble. I will be in trouble at some point. Or I'll just work myself to death. Because there's never, there's always more to do, right? In the kingdom of God? I mean, how many of you figured that out? I mean, you feel like you've done some, but then it's always, well, there's so much more to do. So it's like, how can I even get there? How can I ever manage to live in that place? Well, he says this, do not work for the food in John, which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you, for on him the Father God has set his seal. Therefore, disciples ask a good question. What shall we do that we may work the works of God? So they're they're in this place. Like, I want to do good work for God. 
So tell me. Y'all ever got in that place? Just tell me what to do. <laughs> Just give me something to do. I'll go do it. And so I will feel good about myself, and I'll feel good about my relationship with the Lord, and I'll feel good. Well, unfortunately, I wish I could tell you. But the reality is each one of us have something uniquely and incredibly different. So I can't tell you that. But God can tell you that. I believe he will. But, but the, the disciples are in that place. So, well, what am I supposed to do, God? Tell me. So then look at 29. Jesus answered and said, this is the work of God. Okay? He's going to tell you, what is work in the kingdom of God? What is a work of faith? What it's doing what? Believing. That's hard work. It's been an incredible, incredibly hard, I think, six, six months to eat. It's been different for the last several years, but this, even this past six months for me, has been probably the most difficult months to do the work of God, to believe, like to believe for it, to not, you remember, I, I mean, I've spoken this several times, to not see with my physical eyes. Because that's not, that's not belief, that's not faith. When I see with my physical eyes, that's not faith. Faith is what? The assurance of things, what? Hope for and the evidence of things I've seen. We've talked about that. So it's probably been one of the more difficult seasons of my life to believe. To believe, but God's saying that's the work of faith. That's the work of God to believe. Now, of course, the disciples go back, and so <laughs> they're like us, you know. Look at this next part. So they said to him, well, "What then do you do for a sign, so that we may see <laughs> and believe you?" <laughs> what are they trying to do? They want to do what? See with their physical eyes, so that then they can do what? Believe. That's not the way it goes. We have to do that backwards. We have to be able to not see with our physical eyes and believe in the one whom he sent. That's interesting. They go back to that. What work do you perform? You know, because they're saying, well, our fathers got manna in the wilderness. They saw stuff every day. And all of a sudden, they were able to believe, right? I want to I, I say something. You know, there's going to be a reality that Jim Ebel one day, he's not here. They went to a, a healing conference this weekend. One day he's going to get up. Amy Belcham, one day he's going to be running down the streets of, not glory, but the streets of, you know, this, this out here. But the problem is, is that that's not going to be enough, guys. That's, that won't be enough. Because you'll, you'll, you'll see them raise up and walk. That will give you some, you know, that might give you an injection of faith. For a second, you know, just a, a confirmation encouragement. But the reality is that's not what's going to do it. Like there's got to be a there's got to be a deeper thing where I don't see it and I still believe, and so there's a place that God wants to take us, and it's just really interesting. Uh, you know, our fathers ate the manna; He gave them bread out of heaven to eat. So give us something, give us something to see, so that we can believe. Jesus then said, "Truly I say to you, it's not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it's my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world." So, of course, they go back to it. <laughs> okay, well, then give us that bread. <laughs> Let me eat that stuff. Like, give us, you know, we thank for the manna. Well, why don't give us that stuff? But look what he just says. He's like, he just brings it back to him. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. He who, what, believes the work of faith, believes in me, will never thirst. You know, um, Colleen came up to me during the middle of the thing. You were, you were just talking about, you know, there's a place where God wants to take us back to just being with Him, coming to Him. Like sometimes, you know, the body is great and it, there's fullness there, but there's a place where God's drawn us back to Him to be so satisfied, so content with Him that just believing, just seeing, without seeing, but to believe. And there's more in that. Um, but I said to you, he will say, who, he who comes to me will not hunger. He who believes in me will not thirst. I mean, how, many, how much do we go around seeking hunger and seeking thirst to, like, fulfill that physically? <laughs> I mean, I don't know about y'all, but, you know, I mean, physically we do that. But spirit, like, spiritually, emotionally, like, every, like all, every part of our being, how, how much do we go around trying to satisfy hunger and satisfy thirst in our hearts? Well, that only comes in this one place, this work of faith, believing. 
That's, that's that place. But I said to you, you have seen me and you do not believe. See, they were, they were, it's a lack of faith. They could be in the presence of Jesus Christ himself and not believe. That's the reality. Jim Evil will get up. Amy Bethsaida will run. But it won't be enough. Jesus Christ was sitting in their midst. It wasn't enough. They saw and they didn't believe. And so it's not about that. It is about a deep work of, of living this life. And that's why we're going to talk about this thing called diligence because there is a diligence in our faith that we've got to get. We've got to have in our spirit to get to go on. So look, look at this next place. So, so that's that work of faith. I love that place, though, that last scripture. All the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. That was just for somebody. I was about to erase that one. I just felt like the Lord needs to hear that. If somebody needs to hear it, the Lord said it. <laughs> he doesn't need to hear it. He said it. The Lord said it. Somebody needs to hear it. All the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. Somebody just need to hear that in your spirit this morning. But look at this key. The key to this work is applying diligence. Remember the second Peter that Rick started last week. For by these he has granted to us precious, magnificent promises, so that by them you may be what? Partakers of a divine nature. I mean, I don't know about you. I don't want to be a partaker of this fleshly nature. <laughs> it does not get me very far. I mean, it, it frustrates me. I mean, how many of you get frustrated at your flesh? <laughs> I mean, there's a place that, man, I want to experience the divine nature, not human nature. That's why I say, don't, you know, I don't need to be human. I need to, be, I need to have a, this divine nature that God's calling all of us into. It's not a, a select few. It's not those who have lived their life pretty good. It's not those who have lived their life very well. It's for all. And so that God's calling us into this divine nature. Now the problem is, it says, well, it's, so, it's so that by them, I'm oh, sorry, for by these he's granted us precious, magnificent promises, so that by the promises of God, you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now for this reason, okay, because there's a world out there trying to corrupt you, since there is this place that the, the enemy doesn't want the, you to enjoy the promises of God, therefore enjoying the, enjoying the divine nature of Christ, therefore, God's saying, for this reason, you have to apply diligence in your faith. Diligence. Now, a lot of us don't like that. Some of us, that might, might be a four-letter word to some of us. Yeah. Diligence. Oh, my gosh, really? What is, like, what is diligence? But I want, I want to show you some benefits. I want to I I just do this story real quick. See if you can figure this out. Okay? This was a very cool story surprised me. This is, a, this is a guy. I had it rough as a child. I was taught it in school, and I was in and out of foster homes. I didn't have it much better as an adult. I wasn't able to earn a steady income, having to sell my dog for $25 to turn on my electricity. I was faced with many obstacles. I was, uh, it was only two weeks after selling my dog that I wrote a movie script in the nearly 20 hours straight. I peddled the script relentlessly, diligently, finally being rejected over 1,500 times. I was given a nod by United Artists for $125,000 but only if I did not star in it. I refused. I was subsequently offered 250000 and 325000 I would not accept unless I starred in it. Dude. They, they would allow me to play the lead role, but would, oh, so finally they compromised. They would only allow me to play the lead role but would only pay me 35000 and a percentage of profits as a concession. I accepted. In, uh, incidentally, my first purchase with my $35,000 windfall was buying my dog back for a whopping $15,000. The movie that I wrote cost $1 million to make. It grossed over $200 million. The sequels grossed over a billion. Anybody know who it is? Rocky, Sylvester Stallone. Fifteen hundred. Can y'all say fifteen hundred with me? Oh, that's, that's like aches right there. 
1,500. Probably one of the greatest, well, at least maybe, maybe I'm a guy and I just like that. I mean, one of the greatest movies of all time, I mean, the greatest series until you got up in the five, five and sixes. You're like, well, dude, why are you making, why are you making those? You should have stopped there and then ended with the Rocky Balboa or whatever that was. I mean, kind of got, kind of lost it in the third and fourth, but you can't, or fourth and fifth, but you gained it back in the last one. But 1,500, called Diligence? Now, a lot of people call that perseverance. I think perseverance is after 50. 50 to 100. 200 is perseverance. 1,500 is diligence in perseverance. That's why you have to apply diligence in it. That's why he's saying with every one of these, and I didn't go through them, but we're going to go through those seven aspects. You got um, excellence. You got, uh, I'm going to get them out of order, but brotherly love, love, self-control, godliness. If you apply those things and they are increasing, they will render you neither what? Useless or unfruitful in the kingdom of God. And that you would never stumble. I mean, those are three big things to me. And your entrance into the kingdom of heaven will be what? Abundantly supplied. That was the rest of that scripture. Abundantly supplied. So there's this place that, wow, okay. I want to get those seven things down, but the problem is I can have those seven things down. I believe that if we don't apply diligence in them, I'm not sure we'll make it. I'm not sure we'll make it through those seven things. I mean, you, talk, you start listing those seven things now, and I'm like, golly. But it's diligence. It's, it's, it's this place of, it's not perseverance, it's a diligence. It's a place of, I believe it, I'm going to believe it, I'm going to believe it, I'm going to believe it. Okay, I'm going to believe it. Okay, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe it. Even when I don't see it, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe it. I wish I could keep going. You get really annoyed with me. But So I want to go through about, there's about seven things real quick. I don't have tons of time, but just applying benefits. I mean, the benefits of applying diligence. I have another one of those stories here. Just so I can see. So look, look at this first one. Applying diligence to inherit the promises. But beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you. This is Paul talking to the body. And things that accompany, accompany salvation, though we are speaking in this way, for God is not unjust to forget your work and the love which you have shown towards his name. Do you realize that sometimes it's, this work of faith gets long and weary? I mean, we, I mean, when you get in those places, you're like, golly, is, it, is this worth it? Like, I don't I don't know. I mean, you get in those moments. He's like, I don't, I don't know if it's worth it. I was like, you know, this work of faith. But God just says, He is not unjust to forget the work that your work and the love which you have shown towards His name in having ministered and ministering to the saints. So don't grow weary in that. But look at this. And we desire that each of you show the same diligence so as to re- realize the full assurance of hope until the end. Why? Why do I need to apply diligence to my assurance of hope? Remember, that's, that's a whole faith. It's bringing that faith thing back in. So that you will not be sluggish. I mean, we get in those mo- moments. We're just sluggish. It's like, I don't know. But it's, it's diligence to believe. Diligence to keep continue to move. So that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience do what? Inherit the blessing. Right? Tell me this, 1,499, if Sylvester Stallone stops, does he inherit the blessing or does he not? He doesn't. Wow, I mean, ouch. Like, it seems like, we, we, I mean, because you can get in those moments, you're like, God, I've done this 1,499 times. I'm not doing it again. I can't. Like, I can't. I, I can't. I can't face the rejection. I can't face the hurt. I can't face people not responding to me or hurting me, whatever that is. But it's diligence, it's a work of faith, it's believing, continuing to believe until you see what God has declared and set, what you don't see, until you see what you don't see. So that's that place that God wants to continue on. So inheriting the, the promises. Look at this one, it's just more precious than gold. It's more precious, it should be our prized, most precious possession. A lazy man does not roast his prey, but the precious possession of a man is what? Diligence. It's the precious possession of a man. Think about this. I mean, anybody, anybody hunting here? Yeah, I mean, think about that. What if you went and hunted? You stuck it up on the, I guess you, know, you, you kind of hang it up so all the, yeah, 
stuff can, yeah. Uh, but what if you just left it? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's hard work killing it. It's hard work ringing it up there. I'm done with it. It'll take care of itself. What's it going to do? Rot. That's why it, that, that's a precious possession. Because it finishes what you started. It, like, it, it continues to keep you down that road. Otherwise, you, you, you kill the precious possession, and then you don't get to even in what? Enjoy it. The, the enjoyable part is when you're sitting before a feast, right? And you're enjoying that meat that you just killed. You know, the enjoyment is not when it's up there and you're trying to skin and do all that. Maybe some of y'all enjoy that. I don't <laughs> I can't do it. I can't even shoot them, man. I'm like, I'm bad. So my brother will have to take me hunting one day to just get over that or something. I don't, don't get over it or anything. <laughs> it's a precious possession, the diligence. It's not something that I'm going to pray over you guys. I don't, I don't even know. It's like I don't. I don't know what it is. I don't. I don't. I think God puts it within us, but there's a place that we've got to ex- exert the uh, believing to bring it out. You know, it's kind of like, well, what do you take a diligence class 101? I mean, what, what what do you do to get get it? And I don't know if I found that. I don't know if I found that answer. I think it, diligence is just a place that God's put it within us. I don't think He'd ask us for all this without putting it in here. That would be frustrating. That would just be frustrating uh look at this one empowers you to lead since we have gifts that differ according to the grace of god everybody you know and we want gifts we want to walk in those gifts look at this if prophecy according to the appropriation of his faith if service and his serving look at what he says in leading if you want to be a leader what do you have to lead with diligence he just throws that it's like why would you pick that he who leads with power incredible voice with, you know, crazy awesome speech or whatever. I, mean, I would have put something else in there. But he puts, if you're going to lead, if you're going to walk in leadership, if, and I think God calls us all to a level of that because we lead other people, whether we believe it or not. We lead other people. Maybe that's not a We don't lead them down the great, the great path. But the reality is we all lead people. But I think some, some of us are even called to that place of, Leading groups of people. And if I'm going to lead groups of people, what do I have to have? Diligence. But the Lord's saying, you've got to be diligent to believe. When maybe there's one person there, or maybe in the thousands. It's easy to be, it's easy when you've got a thousand people staring at you, be like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm good now. Like, you know, I'm justified. I'm, I'm this, I'm that. But he who's leading with the one, that's diligent to believe at that point. Diligent, okay, God, you called me to this. And you're going to take the one, whether it's multiply it to a thousand, that's fine. Multiply it to two, that's fine. Got to be at that place. That place. Um, this Proverbs 12, 24, the hand of the diligent will rule, but the slack hand will be for, put to forced labor. There's a place that God wants us to be diligent in, in our leading, in our leading of other people. And Because the reality is that as soon as I lay down it's like, I'm, I'm diligent, I'm diligent, I'm diligent, I'm diligent. I can make one mistake as a leader and just say, I just don't want to do that today. I want to do this today. You know that one, I want to do this today, could ruin it all? Everything that I just laid out, all that right there, it could. That's why diligence has to be, it's like, I have to persist, persist in that diligence because there's a place that God wants to walk in. And God will meet me at every step in, in that. Um, look at this. Keeps us in the race of life. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly kindness. Give preference to another one in honor. That's hard work right there. I mean, geez. Like, give preference to one another. Not lagging behind in what? Diligence. That's, that sounds like a race to me. Not lagging behind, doesn't it? I mean... Right? Am I right? I mean, when I start seeing myself lagging behind, I feel like I'm in a what? Race. And that's the place. God wants us to keep up in that pace of life. Not a, not a, uh, a pace of my own or a pace that I set or whatever that is, but I want to be diligent where God has put, called, set me, and understand that season of life, understand those places where I'm at. 
because all our seasons always, you know, seasons of life will change, and we'll be in different situations, different circumstances. But not lagging behind in diligence—that's what God's saying in relationship to that. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer. I mean, golly, that's work right there. I mean, if you just read back through that and try to, I'm like, oh my goodness. Love, brotherly love, preference to one another, not lagging diligence, fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing hope, perseverance in tribulation, devoted to prayer. Phew. <laughs> That's a lot. But not lagging behind in that diligence. Uh, look at applying diligence brings richness to what we put our hands to. Poor is he who works with a negligent hand, but the hand of the diligent, what? Makes rich. Now, will it be rich overnight? Almost probably never. Rich in what we think. I mean, we, we consider rich is probably different than rich God does. But it also, I think it puts richness into the, you know, if I'm diligent with a relationship, a friendship, it puts richness in that. You know, if I'm diligent in that. Because I'm telling you, I mean, sometimes we, get that, we can get in the mode of life and we just, diligence kind of gets left to the side and we get waylaid by that. God's saying, be diligent in your brotherly love for one another. Be diligent to, to, to enjoy the body, to love on the body. Because uh, there's fullness in that. Alright? And the last, last benefit is just, uh, oh no, two other. Applying diligent brings fullness to our soul. Look at this, Proverbs 13. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the soul of the diligent is made fat. Like, it, it's, it, it is like fat to your soul. Like, Talk about wanting to get some stuff in there. I mean, we try to, <laughs> we want that stuff. Yeah, we want that fullness. We want that fatness in, that soul, in our soul. We want that to overflow. Um, brings fullness. Look at this one. next one. Gives us advantage to live. The plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage. Everyone who is hasty surely comes to poverty. I mean, that's the place. It's like, I can't be hasty in this life. I, I mean, a lot of times we just... It's like microwave. That's the American stuff, man. American, American theology, you really should just question every bit of it. I mean, a lot of it's just not of God. I mean, our American theology is, I want it, got it, get it. Whatever it has, I mean, if I have to pull out whatever to do to get it. You know, but God's saying, don't be, don't be hasty in what you walk in and what you do. Because diligence leads you to what? An advantage. Diligence will lead you to an advantage. Yeah. All right. So those are just some benefits. Now we're gonna. I'm gonna look at four things in strong encouragement too. Let me give you that other. See if you can figure this one out. I went to war a captain and returned a private. I failed in business in 1831. I was defeated for state legislator in 32. I tried another business in 33. It failed. My fiance died in 35. Had a nervous breakdown in 36. In 43, I ran for Congress, was defeated. I tried again in 48, was defeated again. Tried running for the Senate in 1855, I lost. Uh, Next year, I ran for Vice President, lost. 59, I ran for the Senate again, was defeated. At about that time, I wrote a letter to a friend. I am now the most miserable man living. He says, if... What I feel were equally distributed to the whole human family, there would not be one cheerful face on the face of the earth. In 1860, I was elected President of the United States of America. Abraham Lincoln. Wow. Talk about somebody that changed the face of the earth. And I don't know if I'd have made it through all those. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how anybody ever makes it through that many, like, not wanting to be in that place. The difference, and this is he makes this statement: the difference between history's boldest accomplishments and its most staggering failures is often simply the diligent will, the diligent will to persevere. Diligent. Will and that's why I'm saying it's got to be. I've got to apply diligence in a persevering. Persevering would have been maybe one or two of those. Persevering would have been through, you know, okay, I got over a nervous breakdown. Let, just let me live, or, or you know, whatever that vice president, I'm done. I'm, I mean, this is this is enough. 
he, he persevered. He, he was diligent in his perseverance. It's amazing. But look at these four things. Strong encouragement to do these. Preserve the unity of the Spirit. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, import, implore you, this is Paul, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and of the bond of peace. Um, this is a huge one because I think a lot of times this is where the enemy just tries to undermine the body of Christ. It's in our relationships. It's in our love. It's in, you know, the Lord just even highlighted a person in my life that I realized that there's not peace in. Like when I think about that relation, it's not peace. I need to deal with that. I need to walk in that. I need to walk towards relationship with that, that person. And so there's this place that, I, I mean, God's saying, I have to show diligence to preserve, what does it say? Preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Unity of the Spirit. And that's, that's a place where God wants to, to work on our inner, our inner man so that we can walk with one another. Huge. Walking with one another. And, uh, and in, that, in that place, God wants to bring that. Preserving the unity of the Spirit. Uh, strong encouragement to do that. Uh, look at this next one. Presenting yourself approved to God. Remind them of these things. Solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words, which is useless and leads to the ruin, ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. Another Another thing I think that like I said, I think the American church has gotten sidelined in is that most of the time it's like, you know, I don't, I'm not saying for, for all of us, or, but I think in, we, as we've grown up in church circles, I'm thinking about me. As I grew up in a church circle, I realized that the only person that I needed to figure out that knew the Word of God was that person standing right there. And so I would come, you know, of course I didn't really know the Lord a whole lot in that framework of my life but he would bring or whoever she would bring the word to us and then therefore I would hear it and go about my business but God's saying that no that's like God's asking you to be diligent to be approved now that's not like accepted or not accepted that's not what he's saying that He's asking that there's a proving, there's a walking, the diligence to walk this thing out in relationship to the Word of God. Um, to be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed. Now the problem is workmen, go back to that. What is the work of God? If I'm going to be a workman or workwoman of the kingdom of God, what am I going to be doing? Believing. So... Now I've got to be believing, what? Approved to God as a man or woman who believes and who does not need to be ashamed. And I can believe that I can actually handle the word of truth accurately. There's a place. I want, I want to be that man of God. I want, I want us to be a, a, a team of men and women of God accurately handling. Not, not so you can come up here and speak, so that you can go out there and declare. There's a place that God wants you to declare the truth of God just as easily as if you were up here speaking. Some of you might need to get up here and speak it. But the reality is, is that that's where I need to declare the truth of God. Like accurately handling that. And some of us have been, um, I don't like to use the word duped. <laughs> What's another word for that? Uh, I keep thinking that <laughs> word. I don't, I, feel, I don't like to say that word. Uh, deceived into believing that we, that's, it's not within us to do that. I guess that's really just for the guy, you know, the guys up front, or the guys leading the program, or the person that's doing that. You know, but God wants us all to be in that place of, of, of handling the Word of God accurately and walking with it. Um, look at this other one, another place of diligence in Hebrews four ten, for the one who has entered his rest has also, and this is a crazy thing. Like I said. It's, it's amazing how God mixes work and rest. Like, I'm supposed to be working, but in working, I'm really doing what? Resting. We don't get that in our American, the American theology. If I could 
if I could get this body good and fit and whole by doing resting, we would be all healthy, right? <laughs> we would be doing that. I want to rest, uh, you know, and all of a sudden become, he- you know, become crazy healthy. But the reality is, is that I can become crazy healthy resting in Him. Look at that. One who has entered his God's rest has himself also rested from his works, as God did from his. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter what? That rest. Well, what rest? The rest of the kingdom. The rest that it is his power. Um, I have to bring my Bible. Oh, it's amplified. We'll see what it says. <laughs> this should be interesting. Um, this is probably one of my life verses. Um, when I got saved, you know, I think it was always up to me to do it. It was like, I didn't enter into rest. I, as soon as I got saved, I entered into work. Like I entered into, you know, making sure everybody felt like Mitch is good and he's all that. But the reality is that, you know, I'll work my way to approval with God. Not, you know, it wasn't really, out. I mean, you wouldn't have thought that, but inside in my heart it was. I'm telling you what, when, when I read this, James, I can read two. I can read you two for the same thing. Um, and I love this. It says, this is my life scripture, because you know, it says, uh, now you know yourselves, we're a letter of Christ written in our heart to be known and read by everybody. And um, for as much as you manifestly declare to the uh, Christ, uh, can't read. I'm sorry, I can't read King James. <laughs> I'm a literate King James person, but, I, but this one's close enough. And such trust we have through Christ towards God, not that we are sufficient ourselves as to think that anything would come from ourselves, but our sufficiency of God. I read that and went, what am I been doing? My sufficiency has always been what? Me. It's been me. I, th- I, therefore, I couldn't rest. I couldn't rest. Um, oh, that was 2 Corinthians 3, uh, 4, 3, 3, 3, 4. That whole 1 through 4. But there's a, there's a place that God wants to under, us to understand. It. It's not, I, I, don't have to, I don't have to try to... Uh, something up, perform for it, and, and drudge it up. And so it's this place of God, I'm sufficient in Him. I can enter into His rest because I am sufficient in Him. I am sufficient in Him. Um, because the problem is, is that, therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the same example of disobedience. There's a place that God calls us to that rest. God calls us to Him. I love that scripture. I can't remember exactly where it's at, but that the surpassing greatness of the power is of Him and not of me. And that I, that there's a place that I can rest in that. I can rest in Him, and I don't want to be in this place where I'm going to fall, because I think where I fall is that I get sufficient in me. I'm diligent in me. I'm diligent in what I'm doing. I've got it all together, and then I forget number one relationship with Him, but I also forget that. It's really not, it's not about me. Like none of this that you see up here, <laughs> Mitch would have ever chosen to do. <laughs> I mean, I was telling, uh, telling my class on Wednesday, you know, uh, when I used to, back in high school, we used to have this guy named Ken Nicky that would come, he was a youth pastor of the local church that we went to. He'd come to the he'd come to the school and I man I always like looked up to him and said man I wish I could be him because I mean I bet you he doesn't struggle with anything I bet you he's like perfect man he's awesome and then I got to be a youth minister and I'm like what in the world was I ever thinking <laughs> like what are you talking about but there's this place that it's not really it's, it doesn't have to be about me it's not about walking in me it's about walking in him let us be diligent to enter that rest that rest. Last one, last one, and that's being found, uh, being found by Him. Be diligent to be found in Him in peace. But according to His promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by Him in peace 
spotless and blameless and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. Sometimes, like I said, you know, we get in this place, God, I don't want you to just come back. I mean, come on, hurry. Like, I don't want to do this anymore, right? I mean, you get in those moments, but he's like, you know, that's even, that patience of God is salvation for people. So, you know, it's, it's salvation for many. But be diligent to be found in, in Him. That's the big thing. I want to be diligent to be found in Him. Found in Him. In peace, spotless and blameless. Well, the only way I'm going to do that is, is to be in Him. Spotless and blameless don't come easy. And they definitely don't come in this world. The only place to find that is in Christ. In Christ. So, you know, those are four things to be just strong encouragement to, to find in there. You know, there was a little warning in there in, in this Joshua passage. It's interesting, you know, Joshua in this point, they had, you know, Joshua, you know, did the whole battle thing. They went into the promised land, right? They took, they did the uh, Jericho, they did, they got their rears kicked in Ai, and then went back and beat them, and then they, you know, just, they just kept going in the promised land. Now listen to this, what, what it says. Now it came about after many days when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies on every side, and Joshua's old advanced in years. Uh-oh. Now, the reality is that sometimes the worst place that we get killed is when there's rest from our enemies. You know, we might not think that. We might think, oh, gosh, thank you, Lord, for a breather. The problem is that I thank the Lord for the breathers, but I can't stop being diligent in that season. The problem is we get kind of... <sighs> finally rest and we think rest as being what the wrong kind of rest and sometimes the worst place i can go is on like go to the beach on vacation sometimes that's you talk about having to believe like through I mean, just crazy stuff but the reality is that i mean sometimes i get in this place where i'm like oh and then i just cruise through that week and at the end of it i'm going good night where am i at lord have you ever been there you ever done that like when you're taking a vacation all of a sudden you're like check out I encourage you, man, you go on vacation, check in with the Lord because, man, you can enjoy a vacation with the Lord. <laughs> you can really enjoy a vacation with the Lord. I'm still refining that process because I think so many times we get in this place of, man, I need to, I just need to veg and watch something or do something through the whole week and, you know, all of a sudden I get to the end of the week and I'm like, ugh, I need a vacation from my vacation, right? I think that's why we need a vacation from our vacation a lot of times because we don't rest well. We as a people of God don't rest well. And God wants us to rest well. Anyway, all that, that, I don't even know where I got off on that. Just take it. Yeah, that was an extra. That was extra. Who's going on vacation this week? <laughs> Who wants to volunteer for that? Haley, you're not going on vacation this week. Uh, we, were, we were thinking she didn't work for us for a while. She took off so long. Sorry. We have a running joke. All right. Um. Now it came about after many days when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies on every side, Joshua's old advance. But look what he says. Joshua in his very uh, incredible advanced in years, awesome man of God. But you are to cling to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out great and strong nations before you. And as, and as for you, no man has stood before you to this day. One of your men puts... Flight a thousand for the Lord. Sorry, did I just skip them? Yeah, one of your men puts to flight a thousand for the Lord your God is He who fights for you, just as He was promised. They were enjoying the promises. They were they had just had inherited the promise of God. Remember that who through faith and patience inherit the blessing. I mean, I don't know what, if anybody wants to sign up for what they went through, but if you went through with all the, everything they went through as the people of God, good night. I mean, some of us wouldn't have signed up to be the people of God at that point. But the reality is, is that they got to inherit the promised land. Now the problem is they're in the promised land. And God, he's going to give them a warning. Look at this next one. Therefore, take diligent heed to yourself. In other words, what else did I put on there? What did I say? Um, oh, I didn't put it on. Somehow that got zapped out of there. Watch over your soul. That should have been in there. 
Watch over your soul. Take diligent heed to yourself. Watch over your soul. That's what that means. Take, we don't usually take heed. We don't use that language a lot. In our, take heed. Um, diligent to take heed to ourselves. Watch over yourself. Watch over your soul. Why? Because to love the Lord your God. For if you ever go back, cling to the rest of these nations, these which remain among you, and intermarry with them so that you associate with them and they with you, know that certainly that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations out before you, but they will be a snare and a trap, a whip on your sides, thorn in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord has given you. Like the Lord gives us land, and then we do what? Ah, thanks, Lord. Appreciate it. Now we're good. You know, it's that, you know that, it's that whole contradiction. You know, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. You know, y'all have heard that? You know what? Does that word wait mean that? Well, Lord, all right, just kind of waiting for you. Waiting for you, waiting. Waiting some more, you know. Is that the word? Is that, that what that word means? It isn't. The word wait on the Lord means to bind together by twisting. Like you're bound to the Lord with everything that you are. Those who bind themselves to the Lord with everything that they are will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings as eagles. They will walk and not grow weary. They will run and they will not faint. That's that same place. Joshua's calling them. Like don't lay, don't don't lay down. Like I got, I give, I'm bringing you to the promised land. God's heart is always promised land for us. Don't don't ever think differently. There, there's a place of promised land, even in the midst of crazy hard circumstances. If God can set up a table in the midst of our enemies, He can surely do all sorts of stuff. I don't know how you do. I when uh, Craig Westoff said that, I was like, Yeah, He set up a table. In the, what are you doing setting up a table in the midst of our enemies? Because God can meet us there. God can be in that place. But God also wants us to walk in this place of when I am, when, I'm, when there's rest and I'm good with the Lord, that's the time to pursue. That's the time to be diligent. That's the time to keep pressing forward, pressing on. And I think a lot of times that's when we, you know, we get to the bottom because of that. All right, last thing. Cool part about that is the promise if we're diligent, we're going to reap. You know, I just remembered that Galatians passage. You know, let us not lose heart in doing well, walking well, walking forward. Don't lose heart in being diligent. Don't just asking the Lord for, okay, God, just continue to help me walk in that. Because why? We will reap if we do not what? Grow weary. Sylvester Stallone, right? 1499. He had every right to be weary. Every right to be weary. He had every right to say, forget this. Like, this is crazy. But you, you talk about one of the, probably, you know, like I said, most significant actors of our time. He's had some, he's had some, he's had some moments with the Lord as well. I don't, I don't know if he's walking right now, but uh, he definitely had some moments with the Lord. I'll show you one more. Do you think you're too old to start a business and become successful? Think again. At age 64, I retired from my job and received a $105 retirement check. I was at a crossroads in my life at that point. I could either retire broke and live out my golden years in poverty, or I could start fresh again at age 64. I made a decision to go for it, set out to sell a recipe I came up with. I was turned down 1,005 times before I found a restaurant that would use it. Can you imagine having to deal with 105 rejections? I never gave up, was diligent to keep the mindset of a winner regardless of the opinions of others, even though it was very hard. I know who that was. There we go. Real famous. KFC. 105 times. Who, through faith and patience, Inherit the blessing. And I just felt like the Lord is just saying that there's places in our in our lives that we've just gotten impatient about, and we've just said we've kind of given that God that ultimatum. You know, if it doesn't work out this time, I'm done. You know, 
God wants to restore that diligence. That diligence to, to continue to believe. To continue to believe in the midst of, of, the, of those times. And so that's that place. I, mean, I think the Lord's just going to continue to take us on this journey of, of this foundation of faith in, in believing. Uh, this foundation of faith uh, being able to continue to have diligence to when I don't see that I do what? I believe. When I don't see, I do what? I believe. When I don't see, I believe. This is the work of faith. This is the work to believe. That is what God is solidifying in us. Because that, that has to be the foundation of how we live. The foundation of how we live is by not seeing. doesn't make a whole lot of sense in a lot of ways. But that's the cool part about God. That's how, that's how we walk. That's how he does it. So I just want to pray over us. I don't think, I don't know if he did. Or did he remember? Hey, you can play a little ditty on the guitar, can you? play I think God wants to, uh, I don't know if anybody else. Do anything heal up there? Just check Because I really believe that there's some Sylvester Stallones out there, there's some Abe Lincoln out there, some Colonel Sanders out there that just gotten tired and weary. I just, I just want to pray, pray something over that the God would re- restore that building and doing well, and restore that just that. Life within her. I mean, I think when Colleen came up and squeezed the life out of me and said, you know, just she had just gotten revelation that she just gotten revelation that of just being with him, just being with him, and in that, I know she'll go out and love on people. When she's when God's loving on her, she goes out and loves on people. Now sometimes we when we're, God when we don't we're not connecting with God and we're not getting loved on by God, we're probably not going to be going what. I don't really love loving on my wife when I'm not really walking with God. I mean, that's an unfortunate thing, but because I'm usually more consumed with who? Me than her. And so there's a place that God wants to draw us back to, that place of just being loved on by Him, encouraged by Him, getting on back on that track of diligence. I mean, we always, wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a diligence unless we could pick on Tom, right? I mean, Tom, did, Tom doesn't get in shape. The, pro- the problem with me in my life, there's been many times, when, back when Brandon and Mike played football, I played, I played basketball in high school. But I, I was always, I don't think he ever lifted weights, but my, my older brother like, lifted like crazy. He was like, I mean, he was shorter than me, but he was like, ugh. You wouldn't know that now because he's lost all of it. And he's not, he's not all into that. But the reality was is that back in the day, I was like, man, you know, We'll start, we'll start lifting weights, and we'll do it. You know, I'd get into it for about two weeks. And I, and I can almost guarantee you, within, right at that two-week part, there would be a day where I'd say, oh, not today. Not today. I can't, I can't do it today. And what it would happen? I'd never go back. I was done. Just like, not today. And there's just this place that guys want to get rid of those not todays in our spiritual walk. There's just, there's just not a room for a not today. You know, there's not a room for I am done. And we'll we'll need some. I'll need some. I'll need to go to some of my, you know, peeps and say, hey, I'm getting to that place where I'm going to say I'm done, and I need you to, to pray for me. That's a better place to be than I'm done and and then run for two weeks and then figure out that this was crazy and I should be back along with everybody else. You know, I, I want to get to that place where that, that I am done's are not there. The, 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 it's just not a day for that. That's just not it. And it's not performance. It's not performance. It's believing. It's believing. I love it um, in our class um, that we had on Wednesday. There, I just showed him a little clip from Bill Johnson. It was, kind of, it was on Renewing the Mind. That's what we're teaching about. In, a, in our class, and he just makes this statement. He just says, you know, I can't afford to have, cannot afford 
I cannot afford to have any thought outside of the thoughts of God for me and the thoughts of God for my situation. That's like to persist and be diligent in that. Like, all right, Lord, that thought wasn't of you. That situation is not of you. That circumstance is not of you. I can't, I can't afford that. I can only afford what you say, what you declare. So that's what I want to pray. So can we just stand? I just want to pray that over you. I just feel like if I can get some people that don't need prayer <laughs> to maybe come up. I just because I want to offer this. I just want you to close your eyes, Lord. I just I just pray that if there's some people that have just been weary in that process, weary in this process, work of faith. I just want you to come up and stand. And we're just going to get some people to encourage you, build you up, speak into you. Just feel like there's just people that have just been weary in this battle, at this work of faith. You just, Lord, you, maybe you've been at where I'm at, where I'll just, I've been flip-flopping. I'm like, I'm believing that I'm not believing. I'm believing I'm not believing. I'm believing I'm not believing. And I just want that to stop, Lord. I want to be able to believe even when I don't see even when I don't see. So I'm just going to encourage you, if that's you this morning, just come up. Uh, if, if you need prayer for just that place of, maybe it's just that, that injection, bringing out that diligence. Bringing out that diligence. Maybe you just need prayer for that. Maybe you've never believed that you could be diligent. Maybe you've just given in to that, that old saying, well, I guess I'll just suffer until I get to the Lord, get to heaven, and then I'll be, I'll be good. I'll be diligent at that point. That's not... That's not what God's called us to. I'm just going to encourage you, and if, if, if that's where you're at, I encourage you to come, come and just just get just get prayer this morning because God wants to bring freedom this morning. So Lord, I just pray right now, and just, even as I'm praying, if you want that prayer, just encourage you, God, right now in Jesus' name, impart uh, what you've already given. <laughs> Maybe it's just bring it up out of us that area of diligence because if you t- declare that we're we're supposed to be Apply this diligence in all these areas, God. You're not going to frustrate us by not putting it within us. Lord, you, you, Lord that's, that's not the creative way that you work. God, when you create and you declare in your word, then we can walk in that. We can do that. We can, we can believe that. So, Lord, I just pray right now, as you declared, in our faith, applying diligence in all these areas. I pray right now, in Jesus' name, there will be an injection to believe that. Injection right now to believe that. God. I pray right now for those that have been weary in heart, weary in soul, God, not being able to, to see the other side of that, I pray right now in Jesus' name, bring healing, restoration to their, to their soul, Lord God. That you would just begin that process of, that, Lord, I just pray right now that the I'm done's would be gone in the name of Jesus. The, the I, I, I don't want to do it today would be gone in the name of Jesus. God, I, Lord, we just... Lord, in our faith, we can't afford those, those things, those sayings, God. And, and when we get to those places, God, that's why we need the body of Christ. That's why we can't do this on our own. That's why we need the body to come alongside and point us to you, to, to declare, God, that you are life to us and that we can get our perspective back so that we can continue to walk in diligence, being diligent, being diligent to believe, being diligent to believe, being diligent to believe, God. So, Lord, I just pray that over us, God. Just, just, if you, however you want to receive that, if you want to just lift your hands, if you just want to put your hand on your heart, whatever, I just feel like some action that you need to do to take. So maybe it's something inside you. Just need, I, I receive that, God. I, re, I take that which you've already given me, God, and that is diligence. And I ask that you would begin to apply that to, to excellence. You would apply that to godliness, that you would apply that to the self-control and the brotherly kindness loved and the, and the love that you've called me to walk in so that we won't be useless and, and unfruitful in the, in, in the kingdom of God, that, that we will never stumble. God, I want, that's, that's what I want. I want those places, God. God, I, we, we, we walk in this place where we receive that diligence this morning. So Lord, we love you. We thank you. We honor you today. You are life and life abundantly. So, Lord, we receive that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Just encourage you, come. If you want prayer, come find us afterwards. I want to just release you, grab your kids. But 
He's just going to keep playing and worshiping. But come and get prayer if you need that this morning. If you need healing, physical healing for anything, come get it. Come back on Wednesday night. There's some awesome classes. You can walk in and get in.